Hello, and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 112. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And we don't have anyone else. No, we don't. It's just the two of us. We can make it if we try. <laughs> uh, Stark is currently out uh, helping open the new Star Trek Into Darkness, and I'm actually quite jealous of him. Schmitty uh, currently has some sick kiddos, and uh, actually this is why we're recording late, is because I did too last night. Otherwise, you'd be getting this on Friday instead of getting it on Saturday. And it was me that was sick sick. as well. Yeah. All of Utah is sick. If you're planning on visiting, don't. We're just sickos. Yeah. Well, I I was talking to somebody in California earlier, I think yesterday, and she said everybody down there is sick too. So, apparently there's like a plague over the western United States. Uh, It's probably best to stay away. Uh, We are at zombie alert three. Yeah, watch the rat migration patterns and see where they go and try and stay away. Hey, you know, speaking of rats and, and zombies, uh, we'd like to give a shout-out to our friends at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, <laughs> openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. That was, uh, a, it, that was a bunch of love there for our, for our partners and sponsors. We do love them. I'm just horrible with segues. Absolutely horrible. Which is where the uh, sausage comes out. You can't see it because you're listening to me in podcast land, but uh, I'm giving quite a look right now. Yeah, you should have seen the face. It was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. All right. Well, we have headlines. We have a weird motley crew of headlines. It was, of course, um, BlackBerry's conference this week. Nokia had a conference, and Google had their Google I.O. So a lot of stuff came out that doesn't sound like it's necessarily connected, but we're going to cover it all anyway. First off, into normal headlines, this week... Well, let me, I should back up. Windows Phone 8 has had problems with the YouTube app. Okay, When it first launched, they had a YouTube app. It was pulled. It didn't work real well. Then they launched. Microsoft launched a new YouTube app, which was really just a glorified wrapper for the mobile YouTube site. A couple weeks ago, Microsoft finally launched a updated YouTube app, and it is beautiful. It's an actual bona fide app. It's really cool. It has some really awesome features, but it's missing some things, too. And Google took umbrage with it and posted a cease and desist to Microsoft, saying you will take down that app and you will remotely kill anyone who has downloaded it. If they've downloaded it to their phone, you will kill their access to that app permanently. Microsoft said, well, why? And Google said, because you are allowing people to watch videos without ads. And, of course, Google gets a lot of revenue from those ads. They say, basically, you have broken the terms of service. By doing this, you can't let people see them because you're letting them see them without the ads. Well, here's where it gets a little bit murky. Microsoft told them flat out, we would be happy to do this for you. We would be happy to show the ads. However, you have blocked us from using any of your open APIs, so we had to figure out a way to do it ourselves. If you would just give us the APIs, we would show the videos you want shown, and it would have the ads. But you have blocked us. So in this, Google has created a perfect catch-22 for Microsoft. They won't let them use the app because it won't show ads, but they also won't let them use the APIs that would show the ads. So what's what's a Microsoft developer to do? Well, at the moment, Microsoft isn't doing anything. 
Um, Microsoft, of course, gives the okay, not okay on certain apps. And since it's their app, they can say whether or not they want to keep it in there. If they wanted to get really, really petty, they could keep it in the marketplace anyway, and then it'd be up to Google to find a way to kill access to it. However, I think at this point, it is kind of silly for someone to say, well, you know, Microsoft, Google's just really trying to work with Microsoft. It's Microsoft who's not working with them. Because this is just... This is absolutely ridiculous at this point. Well, you know, I saw something earlier this week, and I think it was an interview with uh, Sergey Brin from Google. Yeah, I think it was him. And he said that he, when they first started Google and they had their mantra, don't be evil, he said, you know, I thought that was silly. I, I, think, we're st- I, I think we're starting to see that now where... Google is, they, they play with the dark side quite a bit. They're dabbling in the dark arts quite frequently. Yeah. I mean, As, and, and, and I do like Google. I use all their stuff, but I, I think they're a bit evil. Yeah, we'll, we'll get in here into a bit of Google um, when we talk about their Google I.O., but this is, this is just, it's not bad necessarily because it doesn't really affect us a whole lot, but it's just dumb. It's super dumb. Uh, I've talked with people before because I'm a Windows Phone user and I'm a Windows 8 user. If Google had been really serious about trying to be not evil, they would have developed their own YouTube app that would have had the features they wanted on it for Windows Phone 8. And instead, you know what happened? Windows Phone users didn't stop using Windows Phone. They just decided to stop using YouTube. So, go Google. Yeah, Yeah, I think... I, I I really don't... Oh, I, and I, I stand corrected. It's actually Eric Schmidt who thought don't be evil was the stupidest rule ever. Um, but I think Google's really only hurting themselves with this. Uh, well, they have, yeah. They have nothing to gain other than pissing off a bunch of Microsoft customers. And Well... Maybe the whole end game is that they don't want them to be Microsoft customers anymore. Google, uh, if you want that to be the case, you need to work better on your software. Yeah, I, and I'm sure that that's what it is. But still, you know, if if you see a company that treats that treats other companies poorly, it's not going to make me want to immediately run into the arms of that company because what are they going to do to their customers? that they're just seen as a commodity that they can replace at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. Oh, uh, speaking of Microsoft here, we talked last week about, uh, uh, I, I think I used some pretty harsh words about people who are lambasting Windows 8. Uh, we brought up the comparison that Windows 7 to Windows 8 is kind of like Office 2003 to Office 2007 and above. Uh, and Ruff actually wrote us, so we have feedback on that. Oh, Sorry, sweet. Sorry, that I missed it at the beginning of the show, but... Uh, hey, we have a... We have a Windows 8 headline, too, that we can... Or Sweet. Windows headline we can throw in. So, sorry. Carry on. Uh, hi, all. Interesting comparison between Windows 7 to 8 and Office 2003 to 2007. My view is that superpower users were not inconvenienced much due to the ribbon because they had memorized the keyboard shortcuts. The shortcuts still worked. This is true. Good point. The pain for me was when I was using something that I only used every other month, i.e. Excel Solver, and hadn't memorized its shortcut. However, Microsoft did provide an interaction tool that showed you the 2003 menus. You did what you wanted to do, i.e. load solver, and it morphed into the 2007 ribbons and showed you how to do it. 
and he gives a link to that. I and cheers, rough, rough. I didn't even know that tool existed, but that's super cool. You know, I, I I was a huge Excel Power user, but yeah, you're right. There are certain functions you only used once every month, maybe two months. Now that he mentions that, I I think that I do recall that tool, and I think that I actually used it a time or two. But yeah, that's an excellent point. You don't use every function every day. Mm-hmm. But um, or even every program. Exactly. But getting onto the onto the Windows 8 related news, Bill Gates is now the richest man in the world once again. But uh, honor, wasn't he always? No, he actually lost the title. Um, Five years ago, I think, and he is now back thanks to Microsoft's all-time record high stock price, which I'm sure has everything to do with horrible, horrible, horrible sales. Because when sales are bad, stock prices go up. I thought if Windows 8 was so horrible, there's no way anyone could be making money, right? Exactly. It's, It's perplexing. It's perplexing. So... We bring this up a lot, and I apologize to any of you listeners out there who are tired of me hearing, uh, t- tired of hearing me go on about Windows 8. I invite you to go to StolenDroids.com. I wrote a post and put it up there today. This is Friday the 17th. It'll be up there forever, obviously. But uh, go ahead, read it. It's a little bit long, but it'll be my final words on this whole Windows 8 is horrible thing. Unless other headlines come up, I promise you that'll be the last. <laughs> I, I know it sounds like a backhanded promise, considering we know headlines will come up. You're you're never going to be able to keep that promise, but it'll be fun to I watch you try. try. I will try. I don't mean to alienate anyone because, like we said before, not everyone needs to love Windows 8. By no means does everyone need to love it. But it's these analysts and these forum trolls, basically, who are just trying to get page hits, who post things like this week from ZDNet with Windows with. with Windows Blue, Microsoft may finally decide to do the right thing. Like what? They were killing kittens up until this point? <laughs> I, what, what do you mean by that? Wow. Is their moral compass just complete? Is their moral compass so dependent on the start button that they are completely, you know, <laughs> just adrift in the sea of evil until they get the start button back? Wow. I, may- tell me that's not troll bait. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe Google needs a start button. Ooh. Ooh. Google should totally have. Oh wait, it's called the home button. They have that, one. That's right. Okay, sorry, just different name. <laughs> you you caught me. I gotcha. Okay, into other tech news. Lulsec. Uh, we haven't talked about them for a long time. No, we haven't. But they were sentenced this week. Um, the ones who attacked the CIA and the Pentagon. They were sentenced, all except for one of them, and I'll get to him in a moment. See, part of the defense said that these were talented people who were trying to use their tools to enact a change for good, pointing out that many of the people they hacked deserve to be hacked. Maybe not the CIA and the Pentagon, but uh, Westboro Baptist Church, for instance. They hacked them, right? So surely these guys weren't all bad. Well, remember that guy I told you that wasn't sentenced this week? Yeah, his sentencing is pending on another uh, allegation. When the Fed seized his computers, they not only got all of his hacking records, they got a whole bunch of child pornography. So his sentencing is being drawn out a little while. So maybe some of the people that deserve to be hacked were some of the hackers. 
Zahner's just wearing this disgusted look on his face. I can't tell if his screen is yeah, frozen or what. <laughs> I... I, I <laughs> no, I, I I am disgusted. I, I am disgusted. I got I got four kids of my own, and nothing gets me angrier than talk of or people getting busted from chi- with child pornography. And you get you get these guys, and they're sitting there saying, "Oh, well, these guys aren't that bad." If they got child porn on their computers, yeah, they're bad. They're bad, and they need to go to a place where bad people go. Along with people who talk in movie theaters. Um, yes. Thank you, Shepard Book. <laughs> Into some Amazon news. Talk has come out this week. My voice cracked there. <laughs> but talk has you come were just out so that- excited about your Firefly reference that... Yay, I made a Firefly reference. That's like I'm a teenager again. Um, Amazon is talking about launching their own kind of currency. Amazon Coins. Well, it appears that they already have. Um, they've they've given out 500 Amazon coins to anyone who owns a Kindle Fire, which is about, only about five bucks. Um, so I guess they're like a penny a piece or something. But I just uh, Facebook introduced their credits as their as their own currency. We've got Bitcoin out there, which is the currency that everybody talks about but nobody really seems to understand what it is and now we've got amazon coins and i just i don't understand their their mindset here what are they doing what what's their end game with this not to play the windows evangelist card that i often carry but i'd like to point out that it actually wasn't facebook that started off with the credits uh, well, and if you're going just by sheer credits, that could be said it started at the start of the internet age. Yeah. But it was Microsoft with their Microsoft Points. Yes, it, it was. The, and with there's, there's Wii Points, and I mean, there's there's all these others, but... But I think most companies should look to Microsoft, because not only did they launch them first and were ahead of the curve, but what did they find out? They didn't work. They're yeah. canceling the Microsoft Point system. They're going back to just using straight currency. Yeah. And if Microsoft is already ahead of the curve and is learning this, maybe all these other companies should just take a book page from their book and skip the whole coin or currency issue. Well, I thought I remembered something a while back that said Facebook was going to be doing away with their coins because they realized it was a complete failure as well. But I, yeah, I, I could I, don't, I could be wrong. I don't know if if. Amazon thinks that they could just do it right, like all these other guys didn't know what they were doing, we'll do it right, or if they are simply unaware that this is already a proven, failed idea. Yeah. But hey, if you're a Kindle Kindle Fire owner, you got five bucks worth of Amazon credit. <laughs> That's almost enough for uh, Star Wars Angry Birds. Yeah. Yeah. So, go go have fun. Play well. Yay. And to some other random news, but I don't have my document up, so I don't know what it is. It's oh, yeah. uh, the judge. The legal department doesn't know how the internet works. A video went up about a college student in the UK, it looks like. In Ireland, actually. Sorry. Not part of the UK. They're not part of the UK. Um, he evidently had a video put up about him that he skips out on paying taxi fare. 
evidently this is a punishable offense by uh, this crime is punishable by death because it was blown up into this huge issue and the judge ordered YouTube and Google and Facebook and anyone who carried the video to ban it worldwide. And many of them are going, we don't know if we can do that. We'll take it down, sure, but you can't hunt out and kill this video worldwide and permanently ban it from human existence. I guess this kid got so much slander from that it was deemed this huge issue. I... Yeah, and it's it's a weird issue, too, because the video, there's nothing wrong in the video, but I guess in one of the comments, somebody was somebody said, oh, this was so-and-so, and it wasn't. And so, um, yeah, uh, there's, there's nothing wrong, per se, with the video itself. It was some YouTube commenter that shot their mouth off, as YouTube commenters do. Well, really, as Internet commenters do. That's that's what we do on the internet is shoot our mouths off because we think we know more than everyone else and and we're usually wrong but it's still fun to watch people do that um, mm-hmm. but yeah this guy obviously has no clue how the internet works uh, for I'm so, I, I haven't really followed up on this story but I wonder if 4chan has gotten a hold of it and just <laughs> done their 4chan goodness with it congratulations kid. The internet no longer thinks that you're a taxi uh, skipper. Instead, they just think you're a huge wuss. They're yes. mocked for totally different reasons. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Good job. Yay, you. Okay, um, into piracy news. We've talked about this before, and I, I, we're not the only ones. This has been brought up before, but uh, recent research has come out and has confirmed previous results that were questioned. People who pirate also spend a lot more online, a lot more money than people who don't. Yes. I think it's the whole try before you buy mentality. And I've mentioned how I I have done this with different things, all like a different app and whatnot. I will go and I will download it somewhere and try it on my phone and if I don't like it after a day, it's gone and I never use it again. If I do like it, I go and I'll spend 99 cents or 3 or $8 or whatever the case may be. Now, what's really interesting here is in, in the survey they took, in the research they took, they asked everyone, what would make you stop pirating? The very bottom r- amount at 5% of the answers was, nothing would make me stop. Okay, that's fair. But at the very top... By an overwhelming majority, 46%, they would stop pirating if legal services were cheaper. Under that, at 34% was, if everything I wanted was available legally. Now you remember a few weeks ago when I talked about how I I, I stream uh, anime. Anime that isn't available in the US. It just simply isn't there. Now if it was available... I'd be doing that instead. This is a perfect example of this. This is just that in numbers. And we've been saying it before as well. If you could make all this stuff easier to access, cheaper, and much more simple, it'd be a no-brainer. It'd be an impulse purchase for people. 
these people who are downloading Game of Thrones because they can't, they don't want to pay for it, are also then turning around and buying games on their cell phone for ninety nine cents as an impulse purchase. If you made episodes of Game of Thrones impulse purchases, they'd be doing that instead. It's not that what? they are not going to spend money because they're evil. It's just no, too hard it, to do it legally. It, it is, and if you look at this chart, six out of the top seven factors all boil down to availability. It, it's whether it's availability by price, available, period. I mean, it's it's all some form of availability or another, and the industries that are, are crying that they're victims of piracy have yet to realize that if they just make their stuff available people will buy it if you yeah. post it people will pay yeah uh, and, and it makes you wonder it, it, I would I'll play devil's advocate here okay and, and this is why I'm I'm doing this it could be argued by the industry and I'm going to use the record industry as a specific example here uh, why don't you see any record stores around anymore think 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 because it's easier to pirate the music right it's easier to go online and download the music so record stores had to close up shop however it could be said that if they were to bring record stores back like they used to be people would be going there to just make those impulse purchases again instead you have to either go online to find it if it's available online or go to someplace like Walmart so, uh, again, this is me playing devil's advocate. It is a vicious cycle. But the point is, is that the more available it is, the better it would be for everyone. Zoner's quiet again. I think we actually have a wormhole no. in effect right now. No, I'm good. I'm just listening. Um, although, when I do load pages, we've got some um, bandwidth itch issues, so audio gets a little bit horrible for a moment. Um, so I just wait until you get on a good rant and... And I'll. <laughs> Grr, roar. Exactly, exactly. So, but no, you're exactly right. You know, I, I think, and it's not that the record stores have, have gone away. They have the, as far as brick and mortar goes, but they're all online now. Look at iTunes. How much money does iTunes make from sales? You know, I mean, the money is out there. People want to spend the money for these products and, and these, these services but they can't get it they can't do it and the record companies and the music or movie companies and hollywood need to just shut up and take people's money figure out how to take people's money and quit their crying about piracy because people will spend the money if they can hey news flash to all these uh, industry analysts they just need to evolve they do they do. 100-year-old models don't work. Yep. Okay, into the conferences. First up, and it's one of the sl smallest ones, was the BlackBerry conference. Only two real things came up from this one. First off is, uh, evidently, we were way ahead of the time when we called that they would start licensing out their tech to other companies. Or we... What was it? It was like a year and a half ago we predicted this. It's something like that. It was insane. It Was it in our first prediction show? It might have been, yeah. Well, it turns out they're going to start licensing BlackBerry Messenger to iOS and Android. 
So iOS and Android users can now instant message BlackBerry users. They could already do that. It's called SMS. <laughs> Yay. I, I realize that not everyone has an unlimited text plan, but if you don't have an unlimited text plan, you probably don't have a BlackBerry either. Just I'm just throwing that out there. If I'm wrong, you can let me know. I, yeah. If you don't, if you don't have unlimited texting, you're probably like on Boost Mobile or Virgin or no, wait, because they have unlimited texting too. You're on Track Phone, for all I know. So go BlackBerry. Way to call that one late. Um, in other news, and this one didn't actually come out in the conference. Literally, well, that was all that came out in the conference. But before we move on, Zeke, let me ask you this question: Do you think that this is going to help BlackBerry in the long run? Uh, no. It's, I, I, as I see it, it's them making a feeble attempt to try and stay relevant. BlackBerry Messenger is the most touted and yet least important feature of a BlackBerry. I say most touted because most people I know who love BlackBerry, and I still do know some people who are like that, love BlackBerry Messenger. There's nothing out there that's like it. Oh, wait. Yes, there is. There is a whole crap ton of apps out there like it. From GroupMe to Talk On to Talk All to I mean they're just they're out there. You don't need BlackBerry Messenger to have secure instant messaging between platforms. It doesn't it's not needed. But they go on and on about it. This is not the feature that BlackBerry needed to port to other systems. They needed to bring their BlackBerry Enterprise server to other systems instead. Okay. I and I'll give a real-world example of this. The company I work for, my day job, we have a lot of BlackBerry users. All the execs were all BlackBerry users. All of IT were BlackBerry users. Everyone was a BlackBerry user. Well, it started happening that people didn't want to use BlackBerry anymore. They wanted to start using their iPhone, or they wanted to use this really cool Android phone they had just gotten. I wanted to use my Windows phone. So what did I do? I went out and I had to buy a third-party mobile device management, an MDM suite, because BlackBerry couldn't handle these other the, these other platforms. All of a sudden, people start seeing, wait, this guy has an iPhone on our system. And they started jumping ship from the BlackBerry Enterprise server en masse. I, every day I have four or five people coming into my office ready to have their iPhone switched over onto our system now. If BlackBerry had just licensed out that tech, if they had just made it possible to join other platforms to the BES, they would have had all that license money. Instead, the BlackBerry Enterprise servers that exist can't even handle BlackBerry 10. You have to get brand new servers just to handle the two BlackBerry 10 devices. And you know what we told them? Sorry, we're not going to do it. By the way, that's the CEO who has a BlackBerry 10 device who is not connected to our work network because we don't have a server capable of handling it. Yay. Wow. Wow, so that's, that's awesome. This you're right, it's too little, way too late. It's not even it's not even a, a token effort. <laughs> wow, they don't even get the token effort card, not even the A for effort. They get like the F for F you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and speaking of F you, um <laughs> one of their head developers uh, you remember a few a while back, Android was running that huge thing where, well, I should say BlackBerry was, if you have an Android app, you can port it over to the BlackBerry system. 
you may remember that I did this, got a free playbook out of it, promptly and, sold it. And I tried to do it and realized why they have no BlackBerry developers. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that the head of BlackBerry development hates those apps because they never work right. Newsflash. Yeah, we know. It's because they're two totally different systems. You might as well have thrown an N64 emulator on there and told it to work. It doesn't... It's not supposed to work. Your marketplace got flooded by all these stupid Android apps that don't work because you were giving out bonuses left and right without even bothering to check to see if they work. The app I made didn't work. Yeah. I know it didn't work. It was yeah, horrible. I, yeah. Yeah, so. I think it, I I think it's kind of funny. But, you know, what do you expect when you're still pushing out brand new phones with, and uh, excuse me, brand new quote-unquote smartphones with hardware QWERTY keyboards on them? So, yeah. You reap what uh, you sow. I, I take that back. There was one more announcement. They are launching a cheap phone. Yes. Um... Now, the cheap phone is still BlackBerry, but it doesn't have all the BlackBerry 10 features. It's made with much less quality. It's meant for emerging markets, which is cool. That's fine. Um, I don't know if it'll be successful. And the reason I say that is not out of any sort of BlackBerry hate or whatnot. But when you think of all the phones that really made it in emerging markets, you have like those original Samsung flip phones, remember? Or the original Nokia candy bars. Right, right. Yeah, you you have those old ones. BlackBerry was always a smartphone. Yes. BlackBerry was never not a smartphone. So I don't know if they have what it takes to really be successful in the low-end emerging markets. But I don't know. I I, I might be wrong. Well, and that kind of segues us into Google I.O. One of the things that they were touting at, at Google I.O. was the fact that they've got like 900... Oh, sorry, I, go ahead. I'm going to jump right in here, and we're going to skip down to Nokia's. Oh, okay. Nokia, because Nokia has only one thing from their conference. They're launching the, 920, the Lumia 928 and 925, which is basically like an upgraded 920. If that means anything to you, you already know what that is, and you already heard about it. And if it doesn't make any sense to you, then you don't care. That was Nokia's entire announcement. I love Nokia. I love my Nokia, but really, you could have given us something more. Exactly. Exactly. So now we can get into the elephant in the room that was Google I.O., and it was huge. It was huge. And, you know, one of the things, going back to the BlackBerry trying to be in emerging markets, that's one of the things that Google really talked about in their I.O. We don't have it in the show notes, but um, they they want to dominate these third world areas of the world, emerging markets like Africa and Siberia and places like that. They showed up on a map. and that, I, I don't know that BlackBerry is going to be able to compete with that. I don't think so. Google could. Android can do it. Yes. Android is cheap enough, and it runs equally as well on a cheap phone. Oh, no, I shouldn't say it's not equal, but it runs on a cheap phone and runs better on an expensive phone. Yes. I'm generalizing, of course. There are phones that are too expensive for their own good, but but you get what I'm saying. You can't run BlackBerry on a really horrible, horrible low-end phone and expect it to work in the slightest. You can barely expect iOS to do that. So yeah. 
this is kind of cool. This will work. Now, they did announce uh, Android 4.3. They did confirm it. It is also Jelly Bean. Yeah, everyone was expecting Key Lime Pie, which everyone is assuming is the next name for the operating system. But no, more it, more Jelly Bean. If everyone was assuming that, then everyone needs to take a reality check. Only, what is it, like 25 No, not even that much. Like 7% of Android users are on Jelly Bean right now. And Jelly Bean's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Jelly Bean is freaking insane. It is so cool. I'm jealous of it. I use Windows Phone 8, and I'm jealous of Jelly Bean. But so few people are on it, I doubt Android is going to start launching Key Lime Pie already. Yeah, let's I, just further that fragmentation. Yeah, I think they're I think they're deliberately holding back on that, trying to get more people on to 4.1 or 4.2 first. Now, 4.3 does offer up some new features, none of which I paid attention to. So yeah, I I didn't pay close enough attention either. I just know that it, it was confirmed, and we are seeing it, and people can keep waiting for their piece of pie. Yay. Um, some of the things that they talked about, maybe this is what's in 4.3, they talked about the uh, Play Games. Uh, they're going to get rid of the Google Plus games, and Play Games will replace it. This will be on both Google Plus and on the Play Store. I think it's, and it has massive multiplayer. I mean, I, by massive, I don't mean like an MMO. I mean like really ambitious multi-platform multiplayer. And it's yeah, on the Xbox Live-like system. That's pretty cool. And the cool thing, too, about it is um, they're starting to implement uh, being able to log in with your Google credentials and your games will sync across multiple platforms like World of Goose. So you don't need to be on level whatever on one on your phone and then 20 levels back on your tablet or however it happens to go. So Now, interestingly, this is one area... Normally, this is the opposite of this. This is one area where Apple actually did beat them to the punch. Game Center for iOS has been around for like two revisions and did the exact same thing. So I, I think it's a brilliant a brilliant idea. I, I love it. It is a brilliant idea, but it's not brilliant because Google thought of it. It's brilliant because it's just a good idea it, when anyone it, does that. Yes, it makes sense. It makes sense because... There's games, man. You just play and play and play, and you get so far on your phone while you're sitting in the doctor's office, and then you think, "Crap, I got to do all that on my tablet." No more. Or you lose your game, or you your phone gets destroyed, or you have to reimage your phone, and it's like, "Wait a minute, we're this is 2013. Shouldn't you know I've already gotten to this level?" Yep. It will be interesting to see how well Google does in that space because this is Microsoft's territory. They've had the Xbox 360, they've had the Xbox, they've had Xbox Live. They know how to do connected gaming and social gaming. Google is really, really good at connecting people. We'll have to see how good they do at gaming. I'm not saying that either way here. It could go either way. I, I just think it'll be really interesting to see what happens. They did show the, the Galaxy Nexus S4, which we've already seen, but this one was a Nexus ROM. I yeah. guess Nexus is no longer just the device; it's also the firmware or the uh, the launcher. It's the it's the they're bringing the Nexus experience to the Galaxy S four for six hundred and fifty dollars. Ouch! Yeah, you know I got you really could hear it. You could hear it too. When he, oh, you when could. He he you goes, could. Is, so he's holding this phone up to the camera, and everything he's doing, everyone's like, "Ooh, oh." 
Oh, and you can get this on pre-order for $649. And they're like, <gasps> and there's just this brief pause on stage. He goes, well, well, that's what we have it for. So, <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah, I, and the thing is, when he first started talking about this, we have a special experience for the Galaxy S4. And it, it's we're picking up one for my wife this week, and she's just going to lord over the fact that she has an S4 while I'm still on an quote-unquote inferior S3. And I started getting really nervous thinking, I'm going to have to get an S4. They've got special stuff just for the S4. And then it's like, oh, it's just the Nexus user interface. It's Um, just that S4 too. It's just that one. Anyone that's carrier locked or has the bootloader locked, can't run this. Yes. Which means so. the S4 is about to get really, really popular in its jailbreaking. Yes. So, so. Um, the Google Play Store, in terms of music, the Play Music, uh, is getting a overhaul. It has, yes. They, they actually signed a deal with um, Sony and Universal. I saw it on the news the night before Google I.O. happened. I guess that was Tuesday night. And I thought... This is their this is their music announcement that they're going to be making tomorrow. And the idea is that you can now upload all your music. Well, not it's not really an upload, is it? Well, I don't know. It seems from what I can gather, and I I like Google Music. I listen to it every day at work. Um, but from what I gather, they basically just take your music files that you already have, and if you've already uploaded them to their locker, great. But now they're starting to do things, and I think I think um, it's basically kind of along the lines of a Pandora or Spotify, where you say, "Okay, I love Willie Nelson," and you get a radio station for Willie Nelson and similar artists. Well, there's also the option here where you can upload up to two sorry twenty thousand songs. And any new music you buy on Google Play is automatically added, and it's like a streaming locker. Yeah. Well, that's that's how Google Music has been for a while, I think, since it launched. Mm-hmm. I actually maxed out my music allotment and had to delete a bunch. I only have one issue with this. It's not on my device. <laughs> it's not on any of my devices. Huge oversight. Huge yeah. oversight. It really is. It's just dumb. If you're going to make such awesome services, don't lock them down so much so that there is a po- any segment of the population who can't use it. Yeah, I know that you guys command, and by you guys I mean Google, I know you command 70% of the market, but wouldn't it be great to command 100% of the market? Wouldn't that be better? I, I just, I don't get it. Anyway, that's the free service. The paid service is like 8 bucks a month. And you can play millions of them whenever you want. You have unlimited skips, and then you also have the uh, the stations, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it it's it's a nice service. I like it, but you know, I don't really see anything really revolutionary. Uh, I I think it's basically just kind of what Spotify's been doing, or mm-hmm. yeah. So um, they also talked about the Google Cloud messaging. This is different than the Hangouts which we're actually using right now. We, we've started using the new Google Hangouts. This is, of course, their unified chat structure, uh, and it's nice. But this new one is the cloud messaging. Uh, it'll have geofencing. It has a whole bunch of new APIs in there. 
that's supposed to on one hand, there's two ways you can look at it. It's supposed to really unify your Google experience to where you happen to be at that time. So no matter what you're next to or where you are, you always have your Google messages and your notifications, and it's it's always working. On the other hand, basically this means that at all times, Google knows where you are, what you're doing, and how best to reach you. I personally am not a paranoid person, but I'm just throwing that out there in case you are. They might as well have called this their uh, their Big Brother service. Yeah. If Big Brother just wanted to give you a lot of messages. <laughs> um, so. And I bet you none of those APIs will work for Windows. Probably not. And if they do, they'll quickly be broken. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did talk, of course, just now about uh, the new Google Hangouts. I really like Hangouts. I mean, you can. There's Easter eggs that send My Little Ponies across your screen. What's not to love about that? No but, joke. We love ponies. Exactly, but not to say we're bronies or. Well, actually, you are Zook, but I'm a little. I have daughters. I'm allowed. Yeah, I have daughters too, but only one of them watches My Little Pony. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hangouts still has some issues. Uh, I couldn't install it on my Nexus Seven as soon as it hit the Play Store because it was not compatible with my Nexus 7, which I thought was a bit odd. I finally was able to put it on today. They came out with an update that addressed some of the issues. They're going to be integrating SMS, um, mes- yeah, SMS messaging, and, I mean, there's, there's a lot of cool things they're going to be doing with Hangouts. Now, Hangouts was the rumored um, babble, that everybody had so so eagerly been looking forward to. But I really like it. I've actually stopped using uh, Trillion for the last few days to give it a fair chance, and I didn't think I'd enjoy, I, I'd enjoy it as much as I have, and I, I've been pleasantly surprised. Yep. yep. Um, in fact, Google also launched some other stuff, too. They also uh, launched their new um, Maps, which is just insane-looking. And their new Google Plus. Uh, I shouldn't say new. It's basically a revamp of Google Plus. It's a really nicely streamlined system. Looks really sweet. It's dynamic, so it changes based upon what size of screen you have. Maps is much the same way. Uh, uses a lot less re- uh, processing resources. It's kind of like Google Earth, only in your browser, with those Google Now cards built on top of it. So you can search for directions or places to eat or shop. Or It's really, really sweet that way. But, and this leads actually into the next headline about the Nexus Q, the biggest complaint I have about all these services, all these services, is that it seems like Google is going full steam ahead with all these cool new pieces of software without any regards to, wait a minute, does this even work? And the next headline is about the Nexus Q, which of course was unofficially killed but now is officially killed because that new awesome music play store we just talked about is completely incompatible with the Nexus Q. Yeah, and you know, the funny thing about that, last year at Google I.O., they were hyping the Nexus Q so much. They were just, oh, the Nexus Q is the best thing and it's going to revolutionize the way people walk into your house and start playing music over your internet connection and what but it obviously you know 
I wasn't the only one thinking that because they shortly unoffic- shortly thereafter unofficially killed it and now I mean it's it's done it's done yeah. and you know well, that and, actually and the problem is is that it's it's getting increasingly hard to have any kind of excitement about Google products because it's like Every single time they have something that's going to come out, man, this Nexus Q is going to be awesome, but in nine months, it's not going to work. Hey, this new Google Maps is totally cool, but I better not get too attached to it because it's going to change. Hey, Google Plus, I just dropped all this time and effort into making my profile look the way I want. Oh, wait, they just completely overhauled it. I mean, you can't even get a a Galaxy S4 without them changing it and releasing a different one. Well, Facebook's been doing that for years. We'll just see groups popping up on Google Plus saying, "Bring back the old Google Plus." But um, the interesting thing, the interesting thing about this is, it makes me it makes me wonder with the move that Google is doing with the S4, where they're putting their pure Android experience onto another device that's typically not specific for that experience are they and and then the killing of the queue are they moving away from the hardware because google basically as i see it provides services and the hardware that they create and they promote is to promote those services right yeah i would agree and and so you know, if they can get other people to do the hardware, do they even need to bother with it anymore? Did, was it was it a failed experiment over over the last couple of years? That's a that's an interesting point, and a, hmm, you might have something there because even the Nexus Seven, which is one of their bi- biggest successes so far, it's made by Asus. Yeah, it's not even theirs. No. So yeah, I. That's a good I, good point. I don't know. If that were the case, maybe it would be nice if their services were available on all systems. Indeed. I have a new rage point. I am sorry. I am sorry, listeners, that you get to be subjected to it. Zook and his Google rage. <laughs> I, I, look, I'll be perfectly honest. I love the new Google Plus layout. And those Google Maps are gorgeous. They really are. And Google Now, I so want to try that out. I just don't want to have to change my entire ecosystem to make any use of it simply because Google is butthurt that Microsoft flat out exists. <laughs> I, that's, that's that's really what it seems to be. Because like, uh, sorry Google, Microsoft was here before you. What, you thought they weren't going to bring out another version of Windows? You thought they weren't going to do a phone? They did a phone before you did a phone. Years before yeah. you did a phone. Why are you so surprised? <laughs> I don't know. So the, yeah, the, that's a the, there, there's a source of my rage. Good point. Good point. Can't argue. Okay, uh, into some really fast entertainment news here um, for our talking point. Yeah, we this haven't had entertainment news for a while. This is cool. We I know we deferred to our, our sister show and uh, the scam show, and and with that on hiatus, I thought let's bring some stuff back. Okay. Well, first off, in some really kind of funny thing, remember how Zombieland was coming to Amazon TV? Yeah, evidently people hated the pilot so much, they hated it right out of existence. It's gone. It's not being made anymore. This is kind of surprising, 
but uh, it might mean that we're not going to get a Zombie Land too. With the exception of Stargate, has there been a TV or a movie property that successfully was able to be adapted for TV using the same characters, etc.? Uh, maybe we'll see with the. Uh, maybe we'll see with Avengers with the uh, Shield agents, perhaps. Yeah. I, I, I can't think of one other than Stargate. So if if there has been, let me know. And I'm not counting the the Star Wars cartoons and whatnot because Star yeah, those, Wars uh, is successful. Whatever. Yeah, the, that that doesn't really count. Um, speaking of the Agents of Shield, we have a possible sighting of Luke Cage, which would be the first time he's seen major combat in any form other than comic books. Yeah, that's and I was actually talking to a comic book buddy of mine who after he watched the trailer for the agents of shield i i asked him i said is that luke cage he said yep that's luke cage and he's hardcore marvel nerd i i he could be wrong he doesn't have any inside information but he knows the character well enough to he thinks that's luke cage just like i did um so and in news that really shouldn't be news but they're working on angry birds the movie yeah Okay. Uh, they're working on a Gremlins remake, because that needs to be made. Um, 24 may be coming back, and that actually is kind of cool. Yeah, but it's only going to be 12, so it'll be like um, 24 over 2, I guess. I don't know. I want to see the season. I think this would be hilarious, where the season is coming down to this, what you think is the season finale. And it's the 24th episode, and it's the 24th hour, and everything's not getting resolved, not getting resolved. And it's because at some point he traveled over the international dateline. It's actually 25. Ooh, that would be cool. It's a twist. It'd be the uh, episode (laughs) done by M. Night Shyamalan. Um, Dread, you remember the one with uh, Carl Urban? Maybe getting a sequel after all, which is kind of cool. That was an awesome, awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it, but not and, with children. And No, definitely not with children. And the Dark Tower movie is uh, moving along, actually, which is kind of surprising. I didn't expect them to keep going with that. Yeah, it looks like that may actually happen. Also, something else that's moving along is Amazon, the CW's uh, Wonder Woman TV series. So I think it'd be so much cooler if that was a TV series just about like shipping books out to people. <laughs> Starring Jeff Bezos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. with the, with the success of Arrow, and Smallville obviously was successful. It went for what eleven years, but I mean Arrow is just amazing. If they could do Wonder Woman like that, uh, that would just be epic. Well, and and I know this is kind of weird to bring up on a geek show and amongst us, but nine hundred two one zero actually just wrapped the series finale. And it's like, okay, what on earth does that have to do with it? But it's a CW show. And it lasted four seasons? Five? Five seasons. Which is actually kind of impressive for a CW show. Yes. It, it is. So it might be that finally, after the dark days of UPN, after the dark days of the CW, that and the WB, that they might actually finally be learning how to make TV shows there. Yeah, so it's big. it's looking good. So, um, okay, we haven't left ourselves a lot of time for uh, for a talking point, but since there's uh, only two of us, we should go faster on this. 
Yeah, um, probably. Let's let's hop in. We got a couple Doctor Who things. Don't do spoilers, and Doctor Who fans like to fight Star Wars fans, so yeah. you can read those. But <laughs> um, our talking point this week was kind of inspired by Google I/O. Uh, they they were bringing up more and more about how much Google is going to be allowing is going to be doing things for you that you don't have to worry about things like Google now is a perfect example of this, and it brought up the question to me: Are we losing our ability to think? Are we offloading our actual deductive reasoning to these devices? I'd like to clarify, not our memory, because that's being freed up. We've talked about that, actually, I think, a talking point many months ago, the idea that you offload phone numbers to your phone so you don't have to remember them. Well, you just use your memory then for other things. But are we actually losing our ability to learn things or to use our brains? For instance, Google is now launching their Easy Search Initiative that will use just natural conversations. You just have to talk to your computer or your phone or your tablet, and it will figure out what you mean for you and search out the answer. This sounds like it should be awesome, except for the fact that there used to be a time, there used to be a day when the ability to actually successfully execute a Google search was actually a desirable skill. You actually had to know how to phrase a question. Uh, this is going to sound kind of uh, backwards here and I apologize so just bear with me on this it is said and and there are many different studies on this but a child's ability to learn how to crawl directly helps them learn problem solving skills that babies who crawl longer usually have better math skills because of it it just kind of helps their logic and their problem solving but that more and more people and more and more toys and more and more exercises are being involved to help the baby walk faster and in some cases skip crawling entirely and now child psychologists are kind of wondering well is that going to affect their problem solving ability down the line if it's affected by crawling and they're missing that expand that and take that now into using the internet and finding out information part of finding out the information used to be correctly knowing how to look for the information you had to know what it was you were looking for. You had to know where to look and how to find it. And then you were rewarded with the answer. And that kind of actual work for an answer ties directly into problem solving. And we're losing that. Mark my words, it's going to be a very short time before you're going to have some kid talking to his computer. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for the thing with the guy who was in that other movie about hockey. And they had a really fast car. And, I don't know, it wasn't that good, but I liked it. And somehow in all of that, (laughs) Google will be able to cross-reference what he liked against movies that came out a couple years ago with hockey and cool cars that didn't perform well at the box office and had similar actors, and it will give him an answer. Yeah. Well, one of the things that Google was talking about, they, they actually said, the search as you know it is over. They said... You know, when you do a search, we now can not only tell what you want when you say, show me places to eat by my house, they know what your next question is going to be. Well, how do I get there? Show me the menu. And they're trying to put as much of that in front of you as possible, so you don't even need to think to ask for it. Yeah. In in a real futurist 
dystopian kind of future, that kind of means that your phone is telling you where to go eat and how to get there before you actually realize you're hungry. Yep. That is the computer telling you what to do. Albeit in a benign kind of way. You know, it's not Skynet. It's not Logan's Run. But Yet. it's just, yeah, it's just a few lines of code <laughs> from becoming that. And I don't know if that's really actually a good thing. Like, I, I want to use my technology to free up my time so that I can discover new things. I don't want my technology to discover new things for me. Yeah. Well, you know, it's nice, too, though, because I remember when we were down in Vegas at, at the New Media Expo, and you, I, I was trying to figure out my voice commands in Google Now, and you grab my phone, and you're like, navigate to McDonald's. You know, there were certain key words that you needed to use. Now, it's like, uh, how do I get to McDonald's? They've been able to advance the technology so far just in the last few months to where you don't even need to use the keywords anymore. How do I get from there to here? It knows what you were searching for, and it knows where you are. So it can tell you everything. You don't need to think anymore. We are. It, it's, it's getting a little scary for me, actually. It's actually, if, if you haven't seen the movie, you're going to completely lose the reference, but I think most people have seen it by now. It is the difference between where we're at now and those slug-like humans on Wally. Yep. Yeah, that just kind of ride around on their skiffs all day, doing whatever the computer tells them. Because, hey, the computer knew what I wanted before I even thought to maybe want it. If you take that ability out of our hands, you lose the ability to discover new things and expand. The computer is basically just helping you perpetuate the cycle of what you've already done. And maybe we're going too far on this. We want to hear your thoughts. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Are we offloading our ability to think? And is that a bad thing? We want to hear what you have to say. We don't have much time left, so we need to go into our favorites. But we definitely want to hear what you have to say about that. Um... My first one is uh, the guys who did uh, the Honest Cable commercial that I had a few months ago have a new one, and it's basically what would happen if Facebook updates happened to you in real life. What would happen to your apartment, to your friends, to your wall? Why are all these people able to stare into my home? Oh, it's because my privacy settings got reset. Why are ads all <laughs> over my living room now? <laughs> and the fact that Despite how much you hate it, there's really nothing you can do about it. The most you can do is end the tutorial, but you're still stuck with this living room and a dog you hate. So you definitely need to check it out. It's quite clever. And my favorite, we've got uh, Arrested Development returning in, what, like just over a week, 10 days, something like that? And I got to thank you for this one, Zook. It is a website called recurringdevelopments.com. And it's an interactive visualization, visualization of running jokes in Arrested Development. You remember when you were a kid uh, and you'd have to do the matching games or the matching phonics homework, you know, cat goes to cat and you draw the line across. This basically does the same thing. It's got on one side a list of all of the episodes and on the other side it's got all of the running jokes uh, for instance uh, where you talk about the freedom drag queen with the fruit hat uh, that one 
is referenced in five different episodes and it tells you exactly it shows you via a line which episodes they are in lucille is racist is in too many to count um <laughs> it's it is awesome i could spend hours and hours on this every time every time buster says hey brother um, and if you haven't seen Arrested Development yet, you need to get on that right away. Uh, because, like I said, it's coming back in just a few days, and it is awesome. That would be me. All right. Well, that is our show this week. Uh, we hope to have a full. Uh, we hope to have a full group next time. Uh, again, feedback at StolenDroids.com. We want to hear what you have to uh, say. Until next time. Cheers. Good day.